Hey guys, welcome back to Like a Bigfoot Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This is going to be kind of a, a bonus episode uh, this week. So basically, here's my idea is I have all these buddies. We're all getting ready for the Boomville Backroads Ultra, which will be the first ultra distance race for most of them. Um, and I guess my whole idea with this is I want to be able to interview my buddies. I want to give them advice and I want to like, you know, kind of chat with them and see how they're doing in their preparations. Um, but I don't want the podcast to kind of just solely revolve around that, um, for the next couple of months. So, uh, I thought when we're doing a Boonville update or I have one of the crew, uh, who's taking the race on. Um, I thought we'd just throw it out there as kind of an extra episode um, during the week. So, anywho, this is with my man, Brady Manriquez. Um, and basically, the I think the idea for this episode was going to be Brady was going to ask me about my history going through 50Ks, and I was going to share many, many, many misadventures that I've had, uh, leading to where I'm at now, which is by no means an expert, by the way. Um, (laughs) but I've done quite a few of these and I've made quite a few mistakes and I thought I would come on and share them with Brady. And if it helps Brady out, that's awesome. That's like the number one goal for me. And if it helps any of you guys out or, entertains you or kind of helps you with your own planning or if you're like if this dumb dumb can run an ultra distance race referring to me not brady but if you're like oh if this guy who drank mold during one of his races can run one of these things and survive like surely i can too um that's ultimately the goal and uh yeah so this episode is all about ultra marathons and Brady asked me a whole bunch of questions, but we also catch up on his training and it's long. It's a long episode. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun. We kind of meander through everything from me sharing the stories from my first couple 50 Ks, uh, all the way to chafing all the way to, uh, all sorts of gross ultra stuff. (laughs) And I, absolutely loved it. So hope you guys do too. Hope you enjoy the conversation. If you would like to uh, sign up for your very first ultra, I would highly suggest going to ultra sign up. Um, specifically, if you want to do Boonville Backroads, uh, go to boonvillebackroads.com or look it up on ultra sign up. Um, I'm not sure how many 50k spots are open. But uh, if you would like to take on the 100K with me and my friend Travis Steffen, if you'd like to kick our butts at limping through 62 miles through Iowa cornfields, uh, you can check that out there. They also have a 100-miler. And uh, got to say, that sounds intense. That sounds sounds very hard. Um, <laughs> maybe someday. I don't know. But uh But yeah, let's get into it. Like I said, this is a long episode, so let's just jump right in. Um, This is a bonus episode of the Like a Bigfoot podcast. It is number 187 with Brady Manriquez. I always start with all right, and I'm I'm aware of it and I recognize it, but I'm like, I'm like uh, stuck in my ways, you know? I like a well, well, well. I like 
So every episode I should start with, well, well, well. We're back movie. again. That sounds like I'm yeah. a villain in like a James Bond movie or something. Yeah, there's a very like Joker-esque quality to that. Oh, that's right. That's right. Riddler. Yeah. All right, let's start. So here we go. Ready? I'm going to say yep. it. All right, guys. We are welcoming... No, I sounded super fake, man. That wasn't good. That wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> all right guys brady manriquez is back on the show uh yeah man i kind of wanted to have you on for a couple of reasons one is to kind of give everyone an update about how boonville training is going preparing for your first 50k uh we are now in march we made it through the doldrums of february and all of us survived no one got seriously injured no one bowed out anything like that mm-hmm we're, we made it this far. It's March 1st, officially, which is crazy. <laughs> March, April, May. Yeah. That's what's left. Yeah. It seems like it's very it's – like we're, we're very close to the race day, and it seems like there's a lot of work to do still. <laughs> yeah, but you guys are kicking butt. Like you guys are like totally blowing my mind and inspiring me, and you're beyond where I thought you – should be or would be oh that's nice no the group text keeps uh keeps everyone accountable the group text is like <laughs> there there's one time i was like i was trying to do the long run on like a saturday and it was a treadmill long run uh and I, as i'm on the treadmill i'm pretty much getting done and sean had texted out to the group that he had just got done with his long run and he did eight miles and I had stopped at like seven and I was like, I can't stop now. <laughs> I was not, I wasn't okay with Sean having a longer long run than me. So I stayed on the treadmill after that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also seeing you and Travis are, are coming in with higher numbers and then trying to gauge against that has been a nice little competition. And also just knowing whatever whatever text message bragging or just recounting of the workout, knowing I'm going to send a screenshot of like the step count or the mileage count is also like, I'll get another one. We'll get one more. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. And we got a, like a decent little gauge. The group kind of had like an understanding of like, here's about where you want to be. If you can like put in the time to get there. Yeah. Uh, here's about where you want to be at the end of February end of March and whatever. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think you guys are beyond where I thought you needed to be in February, which is good. And I think you're doing it in like an actual good way and not a way where you're ramping up. Like what we talked about at the beginning, we were worried like you're just going to go out and run like 20 miles out the gate and then just destroy your legs or whatever. Yeah, that said, it still felt necessary to like have at least one day where you do just say, okay. I have an idea of where I'm topping out at. Yeah. It felt like it felt necessary, honestly, to then be like, okay. But then I'll go back to just like normal brain teeth. Like, <laughs> you mean just, you had to get the meathead mentality out there right away? Well, then the plan is then you go revisit that meathead mentality again and be like, okay, better than it was before. <laughs> that hurt a lot. And go back to the regular stuff, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, man. What what's been like one kind of big benefit for you so far? It 
I, it shouldn't be a surprise, but the I, I'm running in the morning before work, which I typically have only ever ran after work. Um, and the overall energy and uh, optimism and positivity and just like being able to handle uh, different work challenges or whatever challenges during the day. I'm just overall lifted up with just yeah. endorphins at the start of the day, you know? Uh, so it just it has a domino effect with the rest of your day and being able to check a box of just one hour of cardio or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, that is actually been, uh, the biggest benefit so far It's almost like in the personal professional life by adding in this daily discipline. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I'm, I know I've talked to you about this before. I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast, but I love getting something done in the morning. That's not work. It just, it puts work yeah. on a different, I have a whole different mindset when I get to work because it's just kind of like another part of my day where mm-hmm. I've done in the past where like I've slept in as long as I humanly possibly could sleep mm-hmm. in you know, where you're doing the math and you're like, okay, I have to wake up at this time. I have five minutes to get ready and then I can go to work. And that just makes my job seem way more stressful because it's like, I wake up, that's the first thing I do. And it just makes it seem like way more important and way more like the stakes are way higher if I do that. Whereas if I wake up and I've been waking up like four and I'll stretch for like 15 minutes and then I'll head out the door for a run and then I'll make breakfast and like read a book or watch a show or something. And then I'll go to work. Like it just makes work seem like, okay, this is the part of my day where I go to my job for a few hours and hang out. And mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's just less stressful for me. Yeah. You almost feel like you like mentally prepare for whatever work is going to be. You kind of get like, I don't know if you have to do that in, or if you can kind of go on autopilot at teaching. I don't know. I, I doubt it. Unfortunately but, not. Science no. movie day though. You know? <laughs> There's uh, I always like if I have a big project to like, almost like I'll use like a, a yard work metaphor, I guess. I'm like you kind of like prep whatever the project is going to be prepping ahead of time so that everything is kind of in order, ready to go. I feel like the morning run kind of preps. Yeah. The, what, you know, the metaphorical piles that I'm going to be working on of different projects throughout the day, there is a prior, prioritization that happens just naturally. And the thing that is most pressing or most important for today is kind of brought to light. And that, and again, whether that's we're talking work or personal, the morning meditation of a run sorts that all out, which is nice. Yeah, that's cool, man. Dude, I'm so pumped. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a little scary, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm just excited for the race to get to get here. And I was just going to tell all of you guys this um, on the text today, but it's like, it's scary. It's nerve wracking. But like when you're in, when you're at race day, enjoy it. Enjoy the ups and the downs and all the misery and all the, you know, excitement because even though it's hard and even though you go through some pain, like I, I look back to the days where I'm out in the mountains racing or out on the trail running. And I'm like, man, I like, I wish I could go back, but you can't ever go back. You just have to enjoy that moment that you're in, even, even when it's hard. And I'm just excited for that. Um, I think, yeah, I agree. (laughs) I can go a bunch of different directions. Uh, 
one something I was thinking of. Well, just something that I noticed today, just observations, just today. So today is Sunday. I did a long run Saturday, and it was the longest run I've ever had. It was fifteen miles, um, which was cool. But the the mind f <laughs> like of completing the longest run you've ever done uh-huh. and having the high of a new number quickly followed by the running math of this 50k race that's in may of going okay that's the longest i've ever run and at the very end like last mile or so there's a decent amount of little like walking as i'm rehydrating and checking in with how sore and brittle my feet and like joints were and go and then doing the running math of more than double this plus hills and then just doing that going how is that so the mind f is having this new uh standard of a long run which should lend to like a lot of positive feelings and having it immediately followed by (laughs) self-doubt because (laughs) because of the race because of this crazy goal that is still sitting out there that this should be you'd want to like rest on that a little bit like hell yeah i'm the man but it's instantly followed by like, how am I going to multiply this distance uh, in like two, two and a half short months, you know? Well, I'm going to be honest. Like I had the same thought yesterday. Um, yeah. I went out and did about 20 to 22 miles and I did get back and I'm like, dude, that's like one third. Like I have to do that like two more times basically. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was that, like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> And like I, I, here's my thing. Like I don't know. I, in my mind, of like I've been here before, and you know, I kind of know what to expect. I guess so. Maybe I have a little different mindset than you guys. Um, and but still, like knowing what to expect, like <laughs> what you know is, hey, expect pain, and you're like, all right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I do want to hear like what what do you want to this episode you want to talk about Boonville training like what what all do you want to talk about yeah man in this? well I thought maybe like if if we wanted to we could dive in because I was trying to look at ultra sign up I've done a handful of fifty k distances at this point so I feel like I feel comfortable with that distance and it's actually my favorite distance that like ever I love that you because know, you're out. For most of the day, you know, you leave in the morning, you finish like early afternoon, then you get to hang out and eat food and drink beer and hang out with everybody afterwards. Like, it's just a nice way to spend a day. Um, Mm -hmm. So I thought like if you want to dive into that, because (laughs) I was just thinking about this in uh, when I was taking a shower after my run today, I was like, man. I I 100% don't want people to think that I know everything there is to know because, you know, I I don't know every strategy that works, but I do know a lot of things that doesn't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know a whole bunch of things that don't work at all. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I thought maybe if you want, we could like dive into that um, kind of kind of idea there. So, well, yeah, if you want to talk 50K specific, um, I, I'm sure I can come up with all kinds of questions that I personally have. And a lot of it is going to be like technical in the weeds stuff that is kind of race, race day specific things, but kind of bigger picture. What was your learning curve? What didn't work, which is always fun. 
Mm-hmm. What did you find that you're like, now this is like part of my system or my protocol that I go by after a bunch of trial and error. I, I mean, look, the, the most important thing that I could get from this conversation and that we, anyone that wants to like run a 50 K would probably really want to hear about is talk about uh, bonk and like, have you ever had a bonk? What led to it? Uh-huh. And then like, what did you do once you were there? Once you're like in that space, and maybe that didn't happen, but you can theorize, <laughs> given your experience. So I, I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, like I really liked your conversation. I, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna be able to like pull the name of the other person you're talking to, but I really liked the question you asked recently of Have you had any rocky moments in a 50k? Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you have, I'm, I'm curious just to hear the history the chronology of it too. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what, wherever you want to start. All right. So we can start, let's start back at my first 50 K, which okay. was not like, honestly, like looking back at it, I'm like, Oh man, there was, there's like a billion better 50 Ks out there. My first one was like a looped course. You ran three loops, uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And like it was cool, but at the same time, like what, me, what year is this? This was in 2013, so it's been a while. What were you doing before this 50k? Yeah, so we had just moved to Virginia. Um, I don't know. It's kind of the story like everyone tells. Basically, uh, I read. I was going. I was getting on a plane to go to my buddy Elliot's wedding in Alabama, mm-hmm. and I'd kind of been like I run. I ran to get in shape, you know. So it'd be like normal, like five mile runs every day after school. And then like 12 miles or not 12, not even 12 miles probably. But like I would do like a long run every week, which is like eight miles or so. Um, and then getting on this plane, I grabbed a copy of Born to Run, which is kind of oh, like this is this is the staple. This is the, the, the classic. Part that you know, so many have this story. I've never, I've never read, but it's one of those I'm aware of the mythology a yeah. little bit of that book well, being a starting. Well, it's like so I picked it up and I was like, "Oh, I like running. I bet this is about like the science of running." And I'm like, "I'm a science teacher, so let's let's do this thing." And I get on the plane, and all of a sudden, it's like, it it just encaptures your imagination. Like the book is so well written. It talks about these like amazing adventures that these people are going on, and they're running like hundreds, like hundred milers and things like that. And and in my mind, I'm like, well you know, if, if they could run a hundred miles, surely I could run like a marathon or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then I got back and ran an after school marathon like two weeks later. Um, yeah. so I just left from school after work one day and then ran a marathon on the Iowa roads around Ankeny, Iowa. Um, and so from there, like I would, I'd be like, okay, I could run, you know, a decent distance and stuff. Um, and then we moved to Virginia and I started trail running became like addicted to that it was one of those things where like i would do it once a week and then all of a sudden i was doing it every single day basically it went from once a week for like a month i'd be like wednesdays i'm gonna trail run and the first trail run dude i thought my heart was going to explode like just going up these tiny hills like you're not used to it and you're going up these tiny hills and i'm like oh my god like what is happening? I'd get to the top of the hill, like hands on my knees, like about to throw up basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And I was like, wow. And then like, you know, the next time it got a little easier and the next time it got a little easier. And all of a sudden I was doing it. I was doing that pretty much every day and maybe road running or running on like a bike path once a week, kind of one, like it flip flopped on me. Um, Is there a kind of running you hate? Treadmill. When you said you were doing a long run on the treadmill, I was just like, oh, oh, how could you do it? I've found ways to like just kind of love the meditation of it. But I do rely pretty heavily on what is playing in my earbuds. Yeah. Uh, that <sighs> I tried doing doing the no uh, music challenge while. Okay, can we like spoiler alert some of the weekly challenges? Oh yeah, for uh, sure, man. Is that possible? Yeah. Uh, Chris and the the group of guys that are going to be doing the Boonville back roads. Uh, <laughs> nice, you got the scoreboard. I got scoreboard, man. <clears throat> We Chris has kind of been issuing weekly challenges of different kinds that will give you, you know, some added benefit before um, doing this crazy thing. Make you, you know, you got to run outside. You got to run on a trail. You, uh, you know, did, write down what is your your why, which was this week. But one of the weeks was thirty minutes, no headphones, yes, no music, no podcast, just your thoughts. And I'm all for that. If it was like the trails, absolutely. Uh, I'm all for it in general. Like it, but the I saved it. I didn't do it all week, and I saved it till there was that Saturday. I was gonna do a long run. That Saturday was my 33rd birthday, and I was gonna spend two hours on a treadmill, uh, getting 10 miles in. And I tried. I, I tried, <laughs> but I was like, dude, this already sucks. It's my birthday, but I. <laughs> I tried and I had my phone and earbud sitting in the little like pocket of the treadmill on the left hand side and like four different times just without even realizing I'm doing it. My body started just putting the earbuds in my ears, going to a podcast, starting to hit play, not hitting it (laughs) and taking my earbuds back out of my ears because you're just unconsciously moving to do that. It was a little bit of a creepy experience. Um, until eventually I didn't, I didn't stop myself before hitting play. And I think I made it 15 minutes. <laughs> That's sad. And so I, I failed at that, that weekly challenge. Well, okay. So the weekly challenges basically it started cause I thought, tr- I thought, and he's proved me wrong since then, but I've thought, I thought Travis was just going to do all of his training inside. And I was like, dude, what a shame. If that guy's doing all the <laughs> stuff inside, he lives in Los Angeles, California, like get outside, man, you know? Um, and so I was like, all right, I got to make it. I got to like make this a competition for these guys. And just so you know, there will be a trophy for whoever wins this competition. I can only imagine. And I feel like I want to do the family feud thing where like you get points every week, but then the last week it's like, it's like the last week's worth 50 points. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so basically the, all the, all the challenges, they have a like secret mission, which is just to get you guys outside and get you guys running outside. Yeah. But you know, there's hidden within it. Like what's your, why what's your, you know, no, no headphones. You you can't escape that. You're going to be in your own head for about an eight hour period. Guys that are doing a 50 K like, 
Yeah. So no headphones for 30 minutes. Just be prepared for whatever that was to be multiplied, you know? Yeah. Well, it's all. It's also a little bit of – some of these things are things I think you should – like writing down what your why is. Like that's something everyone should do anyways going into any – whatever their event is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Especially training. And I was thinking about mine. I'm like, dude, it sucks training in February and March when it's really cold outside and it could be sloppy right. trails and all this stuff. So – like, Have you like purposely been um, following a pattern of when you sign up for certain races so that if you put a if you put a race in May, like it forced you to have been consistent in January, February, March, you know, uh, like not intentionally. No, I just honestly I like having something in spring uh, and then in fall and then in summer, I like to kind of go out and do, you know, some adventure runs kind of around my like i like to be in shape enough during the summer i can go out for 20 miles on a trail and have a fun little day with it and be fine Mm -hmm. with it you know Mm -hmm. but there is something to be said about like if you sign up in something in may it does force you to to you know get through the winter months without the hibernating months yeah (laughs) when all you want to do is sleep in and you know, yeah. drink hot chocolate well, and all that stuff. We, we like, you know, we like to call it bulking season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's bulking <laughs> phase. Uh, but yeah, so all this stuff, like, so anyway, so the no headphones thing, I was like, these guys have to run outside because no headphones on a treadmill is really going to suck. That and then you did. and Sean both tried it, I think. And I was like, yeah, that's not. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. I just, I know I'm mentally tough enough to do it, but I was like, I, Screw that. I'm just not going to get the points. <laughs> I don't care. You <laughs> know what I was doing instead? I instead I was opting to listen to uh, Travis's episode of the podcast. That's what I was oh, turning so on. You're like, so, I'm going to support the Like a Bigfoot podcast. And... Still, you know, give me yeah. a half. I'm, that's all I'm trying to do right now is just like uh, find ways to get half points. Yeah. Well, Sean texted me earlier today and he's like, hey, I just ran with no headphones yesterday and I don't have the heart to text him back and be like, that was three weeks ago, my friend. It doesn't count now, dude. <laughs> There's no makeup points. Remember, remember, he tried to text like, "Hey, I'm playing basketball tomorrow. Pick up basketball without headphones." And then I'm pretty sure I just said like, "Hey, there's no participation trophies in this thing." Like, calm down. Good. Good. <laughs> um, good. Can we just give props to my cousin Matt really quick? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was a good dramatic pause. Too. That was good. Well, because uh, there's a couple things. Well, I I know what I want to give him props for, but what do you want to give him props for? Oh, the very first week, the I was like, just go run outside. You get a point if you run outside, and so everyone's texting like selfies of them outside running and stuff, and then all of a sudden Matt sends us all a picture, and Matt's in like you know. Missouri, like not, r- I don't want to say rural Missouri because I don't want to like paint the wrong picture. Like he's in a town, mm-hmm. but he sends a picture and he's just fully camoed out, like completely camoed. And he's like, I'm going for an eight mile ruck to kill squirrels. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then it is <laughs> unconventional training. Like he does win an award for. Yeah, when he does share, I'm not expecting to see what I see. Like the, today, I was not expecting to say like who is the walrus, but today it's Matt. Cuckoo, cuckoo, Matt. 
he uh yeah and then he's like yeah killed six armadillos during the the ruck and i was like that's that's, right. that's more badass than anything we'll do hands down yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, you gotta love the unconventional just like just manly training he did he did just outman all of us that week he did well so what were you gonna give him props for I was going to give him props for – I did not think he was going to try to participate. Part of the bonus challenge this week was who can wear the goofiest costume while running in public. And he wore a walrus onesie, which I did not – I'm laying in bed, re, like opening the text and seeing that, just unexpected. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, man. He he went full walrus today. Well, I was going to say, like, I don't know if you want to – is he he's dealing with a little bit of an injury too, but still trying to like figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, and that was another reason why I was like, all right, let's have everyone write their why down this week because that way he has like a fair shot at it. You know, if he's injured, I don't want him to like go out and try to push through a run when, you know, it could just make things worse. But like, so to go back to my first 50 K ever, here's the biggest thing I learned is you're going to be in pain. Like, It's going to be abnormal. <laughs> You're going to be through some abnormal pain for sure. Um, like I said, it was three loops. Uh, I remember I tried all the tricks in the book that, you know, that I had probably heard on podcasts and things like that. But it was basically like, yeah, have a mile where you dedicate this one mile to uh, another person or like one thought or something like that. You know what I mean? And so I kind of was trying to think like, okay, what mile is going to be? the hardest and that's kind of like where is it far enough away from the end that you're not you can't have that adrenaline boost you know when you get to the end of a race and you're like oh i'm almost there like surely i can push through however many more miles you know Mm -hmm. um you're not quite to that point yet but but you're far enough into the race that it really hurt so i kind of like landed on mile 24 i think and so mile okay. 24, I was like, all right, I, I hadn't listened to music all, all day. So I put in the earbuds, I turned it to like a couple specific songs and I just completely like dedicated my thoughts and, and that whole mile to, um, you know, to like a certain person. And, you know, it did give me this like extra boost, like, Hey, like you got this, like you can totally do this. So kind of one of those things. In the very very first one, did you take it easy or did you try to push it? I definitely I, mean? I was the goal was to finish. And I think for all of you guys, like the goal ultimately should be to finish. Um and yeah. if you want to have I think other we're goals. All on the same too, page on that one. Yeah. I think we're all we just want to finish. Like if you want to beat Matt, I'm down, man. Sabotage him, like you said, you know? Like that's gonna happen. Like yeah. at mile twenty eight, be running with him and then just tell him something mean. Be like, "Hey, your haircut looks stupid," and then just take off and just. Oh, I was gonna be a little more deliberate. I was just gonna like, you know, I was gonna offer to drive everyone to the race, and I was just not gonna let Matt in the car. <laughs> I was just gonna leave him at the Airbnb. Be like, Matt, you're gonna need to jog to the start line. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure he's used to that after uh, <laughs> hearing about when me and Travis left him in Asheville. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> but really no, my goal is to finish, man. But I got to tell you like that last loop, my joints and my feet and my butt cheeks 
that was something unexpected. Like I did an okay job, I think, like managing electrolytes and hydration and food and stuff. But like that pain, I was not, I mean, I guess I was mentally ready for it, but physically I just didn't know what it felt like. And so that happened and then I was like, well, I guess this is it. Like I just got to keep going. Can I ask, what did you eat the first 50K? What did I eat? Yeah, this is going to be like really testing your memory. 2013. No, dude, I remember a lot about, I remember stuff about like every race. Now, I don't remember like specifics about what I ate, but I do remember that the night before I drove down to Charlotte and I had a campsite and I threw out my uh, hammock. I was just going to hammock it and I'm laying in the hammock. I'm reading a book and I'm eating basically like tortillas wrapped around sweet potatoes that was yeah. my food of choice for some reason because i was like i don't want something that'll upset my stomach but i wanted to have a lot of calories and a lot of calories it was a lot of carbs is really like easy on your easy digestive system situation yeah yeah and i think the night before like that's huge i think two what i've been kind of going with is like two nights before you just need to jam as much food in as humanly possible like that's really when the carbo load just so your body can have everything processed and like ready to go. Uh, if huh. you're like, I know there's like research out there about carbo loading and stuff like that, but whatever. Uh, that's what I've done. Um, okay. Anyway, hey, I'm, not, I'm not coming to you for the science of, of running. I'm just calling yeah, for like the practical I, application of what's worked and what's not. You know, what am I a science teacher? Brady? And yeah, who who's expecting science from this science teach? This running science teacher. <laughs> Signs of running? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but you know, dude, like that stuff really doesn't interest me as much as like the mental aspect of it, which I th- yeah. hopefully like comes through on this podcast. You know, like I'm not super interested in gear or really even like the science behind any of that stuff. Like there's great stuff out there. There's a podcast called Science of Ultra that I would suggest listening to because they get like the big time running coaches to kind of share their advice and whatnot. You know, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, so I'm back, like I'm, I'm sleeping in that hammock. Right. And all of a sudden, like I'm about to go to sleep and I hear chanting from the woods beyond. What? Yeah, dude. What? It's like, you know how I don't like scary movies with little ghost girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Said everybody. Yeah. I mean, Yes. Well, like the ring, like the ring and stuff scared me. Like I was too old to really be that scared by that movie. And I slept with the lights on for like an entire summer. Like I was like, she climbs out of the TV. I'm like, get back in that TV. Like yelling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Uh, Sorry. Brady just pretended like he was the girl from there. Anyway, (laughs) so chanting happens and it's like a hundred girl voices from the woods beyond. And at first I'm like, what in the heck is going on? And I realized very quickly it was like a Girl Scout meeting or something or like a camp out. But it went on like all night long. So I like barely slept. It rained in the middle of the night as I'm in my hammock. So I (laughs) I just took everything to the car and slept in my car the night before. And I guess, you know, the good night's sleep the night before. Like you might not get a great night's sleep, but... Um, try to get like, I don't know, try to have decent night's sleep, I guess. Okay. You know where we're staying for the 50 K on May 23rd. I know where I'm staying. 
Where are you staying? In a sleeping bag out front of your guys' Airbnb. Good. Because you're the idiot <laughs> that said, hey, let's everyone do a first 50K, and we know what we'll do? We'll camp. Yeah. And you know what you know what I want to do, Chris? You know, just it's a it's a subtle. I know I know you're manlier than all of us, but you know what would be really nice after my Except first fifty k? Yeah. To to, <laughs> to just to be I don't know indoors. In in of doors. No, dude. I prefer it. No, you're gonna find one with nature. You're gonna get connected with nature, and you're gonna be like, hey man, I'm never going indoors again. And then we'll just see you walk off into the distance. Never to be seen again. Like you just no. went roaming and you're like, hey, like in 20 years from now, you come back all of a sudden and you don't have shoes on anymore. And you're like, you won't believe where I've been and the things that I've seen. Uh-huh. And then one of you be like, hey, take bring your bare feet over here. Uh, stand on top of this carpet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Better. <laughs> Better. I prefer this still. <laughs> In of doors. <laughs> I walked for 20 years, but now you've reminded me the joys of carpet. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Uh, um, uh, let's go back. Okay. Let's, let's, let's refocus. Do you want to do first? Yeah, first one. First 50K. Well, we, we Asheville, not Asheville, but Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes. You will be in pain. Um, yes. Dedicating a mile at mile 24. That was just my strategy, but you know, like yeah. I just I thought that helped. It helped like get through like right now, like I called it the doldrums of February. It's kinda like the same part of a race, you know, where you're you're not the end isn't in sight yet. But your your first fifty K like for the most part, you completed without a hitch, like no yeah. no major failures, no major like uh looking back, knowing what I know now, obviously I made some giant mistake or for the most part it's like no it was pretty straightforward i knew what to do i kind of executed and uh it sucked it was hard but you did it yeah i would say that was fair um i know i've told this story before but i got to the finish line and the guy gave me a medal and then he looked at i was wearing like football shorts that i from iowa city west when i coached (laughs) there and uh, he just looked at me and he goes did you run in those shorts and it was the wind out of my sails moment and i was like oh (laughs) What was that? <laughs> yeah, you thought you were going to be like congratulated and the guy was like, "You dummy." <laughs> I I will say I do enjoy I do like running in like baggy basketball shorts on a I don't know. I'm not necessarily just on a treadmill, but like you see Courtney DeWalter does it and it's just comfortable. I yeah, don't know dude, how else to say. It. This was like pre Courtney DeWalter, so now I'm like, "Oh, that guy would have been like, oh, you're just inspired by Courtney. I'm like, hell yeah, yeah. every day I am. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go like, I don't know if you want to go second, third. Go, if you dude, want to go second was a beast, man. Okay. All right. So it's called Table Rock Ultras. It was in December. It was that same year. So I took a couple, like, I was basically like, hey, I'm already trained up for this. You know, it's not going to take a whole lot to ramp up like the first one took a lot of energy to get ready for and the second one was like okay i'm already trained let's like i i think i figured out in training like all i really needed was one fairly long run of above 20 miles to be ready to go um, for a 50 for a 50k yes and so that's, is that's your general rule like where do you hover um 
I technically just am curious, where did you hover on a weekend long run before you'd get up above 20? And for like how, I mean, I mean, it's a hard yeah. Answer, probably. Yeah. For me, like most, if I'm not training for something, my weekend long run will be 12 miles or, or two hours, like max, like nothing crazy, you know? Cause I'm basically like, I guess I'm like, I want to be in, I want to do this for the rest of my life potentially like i like this sport and i like endurance sports in general and so i don't want to like there's no point of running over two hours if you're not training for like a big event like this you know so i don't know i'm basically that's kind of my thought i like i said i'm sure people have other thoughts as well but so when i'm training for like a 50k i i always personally try to get in a 24 mile or like a marathon run beforehand like three weeks before just to kind of like show myself like yeah you got this because you know you get there and then you're you get to 26 and it's something you've been at before but then you're like okay i can add five more miles or i can add six more miles and get this stuff done but but table rock ultras dude it was in uh the linville gorge area in north carolina downpour like it downpoured and it was like 35 degrees and the hardest rain I've ever personally been in. And it's, we basically had an hour at the beginning where it didn't rain and then it just destroyed everybody the rest of the race. Is that it was rough, man? It's 35 and raining. It was about as cold as it was like a Guns N' Roses November rain situation, you know? Are you. <laughs> You know, I forget, like, I was just going to bypass your reference, but I forget, like, not, <laughs> anyway. Nothing lasts forever, even cold November rain. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that song was in my head during the, during the race, though, because I was like, all right, man, like, it's, because I'm not even, I'm trying not to over-exaggerate. It was probably about as cold as it could be before it turns into snow or like ice and rain. Were you so Ted to toe? 100%. Like within two hours, I was completely covered, completely drenched. Somehow my phone managed to survive. And I like I've mentioned, like I usually like to run these things without headphones in and just kind of, you know take take it all in and talk mm -hmm. with the people around me and like take in the nature and all that stuff this one though i was basically like dude headphones in let's just grind this out and there were points of the race where i had to take my gloves off to like get something out of my bag and then my hands were so cold i couldn't put my gloves back on and Ugh. yeah, and it was just like, what do I do now? Like my hands are going to fall off basically. <laughs> and it, you... was, it ended up being an out and back. So I got out to the halfway point. They had, um, uh, what, what's it called? What are those noodles called? You know ramen. Ramen. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. They had warm ramen and that like heated me up for a little bit, but yeah, the rest of the way was just a complete gut check. I get to the finish line, and it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And no one's there except the race director and Lindsay, <laughs> who's my pregnant wife at the time, out in the pouring rain. I'm like, Lindsay, go back inside. And yeah, man, it was it was an experience though for sure. Like 
that out of all like most of my ultras like that one just it just makes me smile because i'm like that's what the sport's about you finish and you're in your mind you're like this was hands down the hardest physical thing i've ever done they there should be like a city cheering for me right now and you get (laughs) there and no one's there there's one person there just like like Okay, can we get in the car and leave now? Yeah, he he like walked out from under, like out of his warm car, clapped, gave me a medal and said congrats and then walked back in his car. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's about right. That's what ultra Were you, is. Did you, does that feel satisfying or just like, I just want to be warm and dry? I'm going to be that's honest, man. That, mm-hmm. To me, that is more satisfying than when I've ran like the Des Moines half marathon and there's thousands of people out at the finish line yeah yeah i don't know because in my mind i'm like wow like look what you just did and no one cares except you (laughs) you know i mean i do know there is that like alignment mentality that never leaves you of just like the unsung just slog through the trenches look what i did only i know what i did or like the person next to me nobody else realizes yeah i can appreciate one of some something like that yeah for sure, man. So that was my second one. And that that's the one where I became hooked, I think. That one is. That sounds miserable. And when you talked to Brad Danes at one point, you guys said, all right, given the choice between super cold downpour or like really hot and humid and sunny, you both were like super cold downpour. Yeah. Now that now I'm like reevaluating that answer. Oh really? Well, I don't know. I'm what like, makes you second guess that? Because I just talked about that race and it, I just it brought back memories of how hard. I know, <laughs> I know, of course. But then I, in the back of my mind during all of this is is our race and hearing how hot it potentially could be. Yeah. And how humid. That is the thing that is in my mind as as I'm running in the cold yesterday. I'm like. I hope this helps in the heat. <laughs> I hope what this experience I'm doing right now pays off somehow in the heat. I, I, I don't know. No, um, dude, you're sharpening your mind right now. Yeah. Because you have to be prepared for anything. Like you have to, they always say, you know, that expression is like expect the unexpected. Yeah. That is so important in ultra running because it's not going to go smoothly. Like you're not going to get to the finish line and be like, well, that was the perfect race and I feel great. Like, that's not how this works. <laughs> What's the Game of Thrones? Isn't there a Game of Thrones quote where it's like, if you thought this story had a happy ending, you're reading the wrong story or something. I don't know. I messed that up. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't thought about Game of Thrones in a while. The <laughs> Sorry. You know, there's a bar that's like right down the street from me that they would record the entire bar would watch the new episode of game of thrones as it was coming out yeah and then they would record their reactions to it and it got to be like insanely popular i don't know side note were you ever in any of them no i know i never i never went i realized that uh i watched the these reaction videos for the better part of a year before realizing the bar was like two blocks from me (laughs) (laughs) I should have gone. I didn't realize. It seems like a very much like a hole in the wall, but as it should be for yeah. just hard diehard fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, just I mean, just to kind of like draw it back to like, why do we like fictional stories, Brady? What what's the, why do we like them? 
you want to put yourself in the position of like either whatever the character is that uh, most interests you or you kind of emulate whatever you kind of want to put yourself in that position of like I could be Huckleberry Finn, you know I want to be yeah. floating down the river as an outcast on a raft and just you know you want to put yourself in the character's positions. But why do we like Huckleberry Finn? Uh, Rebel, you love rebels. Okay. <laughs> I guess my point. I don't know. Do you love Huckleberry Finn? I love Huckleberry Finn, man. But here's my point. <laughs> I didn't expect to be saying that sentence on this podcast today. But here's <laughs> my point: is we know that when we pick up a book or we sit down to watch a show or a movie or whatever, we know that character is going to go through some sort of hard time, some sort of adversity, you know? Like we're not sitting down to watch a show being like, okay, we're going to watch Huckleberry Finn like paint a fence this whole time. I think that's Tom Sawyer, but you get my point. Like we're not going to just sit down and watch uh, Luke Skywalker like farm dirt for two hours. You know, like he's going to go on a journey. He's going to go on an adventure. There's going to be hard stuff that's thrown at him. Um, And that's kind of how I think of this stuff. Like you don't sign up for this to find comfort. You sign up for it to really like show yourself that you can go through the adversity as well. Um, You know, cut cut out all the clips of Rudy getting knocked down and you have a terrible movie. You have an awful movie nobody identifies with. It's like, oh. Zero conflict, zero adversity. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I was thinking about this while I was running today. Um, I remember reading the book, The Shining, and having this thought in my mind where I was just like, I hope it works out for this family. (laughs) 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 And, you know, everyone knows what The Shining's about. And I knew what The Shining was about, but as I was reading the book at the beginning, I was just like, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if it just all worked out? If it just worked out. They just go to this hotel. Like... They learn about themselves through a Colorado winter, and they come out a stronger family unit. It was just an uninterrupted uh, tale of success and victory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the idea is, like, go in. You got to expect – you. I don't know. Expectations are great when you're training for something because it helps you figure out like what you need to consider, but you also have to expect that you aren't going to reach your expectations. And it's something out of nowhere is going to come in here. You know, like maybe we do have a storm during the race. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sure none of us want that, but we have to be prepared to deal with that. Um, and so when you go out like yesterday and this is, this is maybe why I have like an anti-treadmill thing because, you know, I, I know one thing about the race and the thing is (laughs) the weather outside is not going to be gym weather, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be something different. And maybe that's why I'm like, okay, when you're inside at the gym, basically you have the same factors every day that you deal with and and that's not how the world works and that's not how the race is going to work. Like something is going to go awry. There's going to be something that makes it harder than expected. Mm -hmm. The, um, so 2013 was your first two 50 Ks. Then like, do you know how many in total, how many ultra in total? I know it's like probably just like 
on if you had to like count them all out or whatever. But like at this point, we're in 2020. Your first one was in 2013. Like in total, how many <laughs> uh, higher than 26.2 mile races have you been in? Oh, I'm counting three, four. <laughs> nailing it nailing it i thought i bought you enough time vamping there but i guess i was into your question i'm like where's he going with this? <laughs> uh fair. i've done 13 um various ultras tell me like one of the bigger mistakes you made in those 13 the most hilarious mistake was before the quest for the crest 50k which I know this I've is very vertical, right? It's like a very yeah, steep dude. climb. It took me yeah. the same amount of time it takes me to do a 50 miler to do the 50K just because it was straight up, Man. straight down in the middle of nowhere, North Carolina. Um, I remember going into that race and I was like, I think I'm going to try to compete. Like, I think I'm going to try to get in the top 10, you know? And mm-hmm. I don't know why I thought I could do that, <laughs> but I was in pretty good shape then, I guess. Um, yeah instantly within the first hour i was like yeah that's not happening <laughs> and i'm looking now i got 47th um yeah. but but for that race uh this is just a d- really dumb oversight and i guess here's the point of this story is like the details you have to have the details figured out because the smallest thing can make you have a pretty bad day if you overlook it um but I had this backpack and I had a camelback and I filled the camelback. I thought this was going to be a good idea. In retrospect, I'm like, this is one of those cringeworthy moments where you look back at something and you're like, what was I thinking? You know? What? What was it? Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, did you ever have a moment in high school where you like sang to a girl? I mean, I was in choir and show choir and drama. Not, so not yeah. that. No, not that. Like you. Oh, as- you. Oh, romantically try to like sing a little something? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like a handful of times, you know, I can sing a little bit. But you think but, back to it and you're just like, what was I doing? Oh, I, I call them douche chills. And I get like, <laughs> I get douche chills thinking about how corny and stupid I was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is one of those like, moments. Oh, God, I don't even want like, – you literally can think about something 20 years in the past and go like, oh, my God, that's so uncomfortable to yeah. think of how <laughs> douche jokes. And, and this is one of those. So I filled – it's like the ultra <laughs> okay. running version, so it's not as painful. But I filled my, my camelback with uh, coconut water and Gatorade powder because I thought that was a good idea. <laughs> You're like, this is a super – this is a super combo. Yeah, I'm going to win this race, guys. <laughs> and uh, But I didn't realize there was a little bit of mold in my, like, the sipper thing. Oh, no. The oh. part that you drink. And, yeah. dude, let me just say without going into detail, I ended, up, I ended up using the woods about six times during that race. And you're on really steep hills here. And so I'm just, like, climbing a little bit higher up this mountain and just like uh hiding behind a tree as all these people ran well, by it was bad but i want to slow this moment down just a little bit <laughs> I don't, we don't need to get graphic but you you do attribute it to well the one the weird combo of coconut yeah. water but obviously mold yeah mold, yeah moldy camelback uh 
So, like, how long into the race before you're like, my stomach's starting to make something is happening? I know exact. I almost know exactly. So it was probably like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours in, and you're like, unmistakably, something's wrong with my stomach. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Um, and is and- it quick? Is it like, oh, something's wrong now, or it feels like something is happening, and I got like 15 minutes. Um. It's probably more along the 15 minute line. <laughs> and then and then you have to make a decision of like, well, I, I don't have a choice. I have to go take care of this. <laughs> yeah. And then you guys. You all like, right. Let's take a pause for a second. You guys are all texting in the group chat. And Travis was like, they're like, you're like, what do you what should we expect at aid stations? And I'll, he was like, you know, blah, 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 like food and drinks and porta potties and i was just like whoa 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 there's been like maybe like five percent of the aid stations i've been to actually have porta potties so do not expect that whatsoever this is not like in the wilderness though it's like on gravel roads like can travel you know i don't know man. you don't you 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 say prepare for no well, Expect the unexpected, Brady. <laughs> I, I am. I'm going to. Don't I brought, go. Uh, this is. I brought wet wipes with me for the uh, half marathon in the desert. I was a Boy Scout. I was ready. <laughs> well, I guess the only reason Travis could recover from spraying a tree is because I brought wet wipes <laughs> for him, gave him some. <laughs> I guess my point is like a porta potty at the aid station. That's a nice thing. Like if it happens, you're like yes. You know, but you can't go in expecting it to happen because then when you get to the aid station and there's not one, you're like, no, no, this is the worst. Brady's acting it out over Skype. I'm just miming your enthusiasm yeah. right now. Here's um. the other mistake I made during that race. And I've done this a few times. I would eat so incredibly clean for like the two months leading up yeah. to race day. And I find then, this interesting. Yeah, you mentioned this before. This is this is an interesting point. And then on race day, I would eat nothing but sugar, and it was so dumb. Like my stomach was not prepared and not ready, and it would just turn like crazy. Because it actually, now that I'm looking at my, yeah, now that I'm looking at my races that I've done, then that happened two races in a row, um, which is because I was doing the same. Like I didn't change my strategy up beyond not drinking mold but like the holiday (laughs) lake 50k the next the next winter um same thing happened like my stomach just turned and it was because i would eat super clean beforehand and then all of a sudden try to eat all the stuff they give you at ultras which is you know candy and sugar and all that stuff and i just was not prepared i was talking to travis earlier today I got a chance to like catch up with him for just a little bit, which is cool. Um, and the, I was, you know, I was doing the thing after, like I mentioned before, it's the day after a long run. It's the day after his long run. It's the day after a lot of our long runs. <laughs> and I was doing the, like the mind fuck of man, I don't feel confident knowing how, how I felt after a half of the di- right. So I'm doing that. And I was also asking the technical question of like, tell me about your protocols. Tell me about like the things that you uh, were trying to abide by during some of your long runs in the past, being like fully an amateur at these ultra distances, but having done a few. 
Um, and some of his advice was he would try to stick to real food. And he would prep for himself, you know, knowing that there's going to be stuff at the aid stations that you can have, like, in addition to whatever you prep. But he would prep, like, peanut butter rolled in real oats with, like, um, uh, raisins or something. Which is, you know, I, I essentially think of, like, that's like a, a kind bar or a cliff bar or something. I was like, why wouldn't I just do – I can just do something like that. That sounds messy. But it's like there was real food, so that's kind of the point. And then when you get into it, you know, you also had, like – Boiled potatoes rolled in salt, which yeah. that sounds, you know, that's I understand the motivation to go towards real food rather than the Coca-Cola and the M&Ms, even though like if it sounds good, go for it. Like, I think that's probably OK. Um, and then he kind of talked about being on a strict like run a mile, drink water, eat. And then like each of his individual packets were for each mile's bite of food, you know. Uh, what protocols have you developed? So that's his, and that's what has, he sounds like he's going to try to continue something along those lines. Even though to me, uh, that peanut butter rolled in oats in again, which what could be crazy heat sounds like such a messy endeavor to carry in your pack and yeah. eat every mile. But what have you found success with? And especially if, um, eating hyper clean then had like a an unexpected consequence how are you adjusting that yeah well i mean i'm i guess adjusting that aspect like usually most weeks i would say i eat pretty healthy 80 percent of the time and then 20 percent or like 15 percent like i i'm like my thought is basically if i eat pretty clean all week then on the weekend i can eat whatever i want and I don't have a, I don't have a problem with that, you know, like, mm -hmm. so I might've mentioned this before the last desert rats thing. That was a big thing going into this year's desert rats stage race was I knew the kind of food we were going to have available, which is a lot of ultra food and, and the importance of like just being able to eat anything and not having your stomach turn. And so prepare, I don't know if I used it as an excuse just to eat unhealthy, no. well. <laughs> but before the race, I was like, you know what? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to be as strict as I would have been in my early trying to do ultras, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and as for like Travis's, like eat, definitely eat something as often as you can or as often as you feel like, but also, don't put in the restraints of like I'm only eating this one thing because I also tried that in the past where yeah. I would bring a whole bunch of goos and be like, okay, every 30 minutes I'm going to eat a goo packet and that should carry me through. And then at aid stations, I'll eat whatever. But, dude, that was bad. And then as soon – oh, that's what I did for my first 50 miler. I was like, all right, every 30 minutes, eat a goo. And as soon as I – probably got to like mile 40 i stopped doing it and then everything went south right away and so i would have much rather taken travis's strategy on of just like eating normal that real food is, that's an interesting point of just it made me think of something else and it's the the experience of doing a long run and in this case these races are all of our long runs um and you're just trying to continue to move forward and you just continue to move and you try one thing, you eat one thing. And so like, you're just 
in this repetition mode. But as soon as you are kind of like forced to stop and like sit down and get a rock out of your shoe and then like suddenly your body that has been doing the same thing for like six hours is suddenly not doing that thing anymore. Or in the example you just gave of like your body has been consuming this crazy sugar thing uh, product and then all of a sudden it's not and there's a break from the routine that has been working. It's like throwing just like a wrench into an assembly line and everything just break. Like the experience of like, Oh, once you stop running, you suddenly feel your feet and you go like, oh, I'm in a lot of pain, <laughs> you know, or you stop eating the same thing over and over. Again, yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh, my stomach's really upset. Like that can throw you. Well, so, and that's something you guys should all know is don't stop. Like, don't sit down, I guess is what I should say. Do not sit down. It's going to be tempting. They'll probably have chairs at the aid station unless you have to sit down and like take your shoes or readjust in that, that sense. That was my thought on this is like I don't, I've never had a drop bag before. I've never understood like really what you should plan for. A, what is a smart drop bag? And probably it's a lot of like weather dependent. But to me, it seemed like it would be a really cool secret weapon to have brand new pair of socks not brand new shoes, but like fresh shoes, you know, to put on somewhere in the middle of like, Oh, full cushion. But that would require sitting down, stopping and getting all that ready to go. Yeah. I guess my biggest thing is that takes a lot more time than you think it would and might not be super necessary. I mean, pack it just in case, like you might as well if they're letting you, you know, but I don't know if I would necessarily put that in the plan, but just don't sit down. Like even at aid stations, for the most part, like I'm up and about doing stuff. And I personally try to get in and out within like three or four minutes, like as fast as I possibly can, because that time like totally does add up. Like if you guys okay. stop for 10 minutes at an aid station and there's five aid stations, let's say that's 50 yeah. minutes of your race. And yeah. if you're trying to like, if you're worried about cutoffs and stuff, like that's just going to add some extra pressure on you. So aid station uh, plan, refill all liquids, yeah. throw stuff in your bag that can be like consumed later. What are you going for so that for you're throwing? What I've learned is I always try to eat something while I'm there, like a handful of chips or something. But then I grab something for the road and I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk and eat this because what's the point? Like, you know, I, I, there's no point of just sitting there eating it when you know you're going to eat it anyways, but you might as well just be moving forward while you're doing it. Um, so I go in, I refill my water bottles. Um, I usually try to drink like a cup or two of pop if they have ginger ale, preferably because it doesn't have caffeine. And I, I find personally like my stomach can handle ginger ale and even when I, like I said in the past, like my stomach really turned on me, I could still put down some ginger ale so I could get calories in that way. Um, so I tried to drink like a cup or two of ginger ale and then grab some food, head on out from there. Um, also food wise, like, I don't know, I would just pack like a sandwich, honestly, because you got to imagine like you're going to be out there during your normal lunchtime. So you, your, your body's used to getting like a significant amount of calories at lunchtime. And so 
you're going to get to that point at like noon or like one and you're going to be you're going to be tired of all the sugary stuff, but you're also just going to be hungry for your regular everyday lunch, you know? And so that's a way to get in a bunch of calories is just like, and, oh, and I guess this is something I did during desert ass too. Like I would pack a sandwich that was sweet, like a peanut butter and jelly, but then I would also pack like, cause they had all sorts of different sandwiches. So I would pack something that was a little more savory, just depending like, you know, if I, depending on what I was craving at the time, Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, we're all over the place, but I think it's fun. <laughs> the, the, I just want to help you out, my friend. Cause I want to ju- get done with the race and just see all of your guys smiling faces with your medals and like smiling. You're already be- a couple beers in this is my up. <laughs> just curled up in a ball crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're all gonna need crutches and, and walkers and like the just the brittle nature of like how you're gonna walk the day, like the moments after this is gonna be entertaining. You're gonna be but sore, like, but here's my here's also my my thought with this is if you guys train in a proper way, it's not gonna cripple you. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope. I would feel so bad. Yeah. Well, then, uh, yeah, as long as we train in the proper way, then we're good. Yeah. <laughs> All of us witchers not knowing how to train. No, but you're, uh, like, slowly building up. Like, how do you feel today after running the farthest you've ever ran? No, like, I, I feel I feel properly trained, but I feel like I also have more free time than some of the dudes that are uh, with wife and kid in house. <laughs> you know, so, like, uh, my t- my time that is available for me to train is in abundance. It's in uh, compared to the, re- the rest of the crew. We're like, I don't know how you're fitting in this kind of time into your day. You just got to either bite it off from the very start of the, the day or the very end or be cool with these, like, intense 30-minute, like, things that you have oh, to do. Oh, dude, can I tell you about an intense 30 minutes? Okay. I left my like so basically school day gets over i have a little bit of time before i have to pick up my kindergartner and so there's this tiny hill out like behind our school and it's steep though like it's a small hill but it is pretty dang steep like i would walk up look like it doesn't look very big no from your picture and maybe it doesn't do it justice steep dude and so i put on my headphones and i put my timer on for 35 minutes and I was like, because a couple of weeks ago I hiked it. I would just hike up and then every fifth one I would run. But this time I'm like, dude, let's just see if I can run this for 35 minutes straight. And so <laughs> I start going within like 10 of the ups and downs. I started crying. What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like the air was cold hitting my eyes or whatever, but like my eyes just started like basically crying. And then one of my students from last year, him and all of his buddies were playing basketball out back. And one of them walked up and ran one of the hills with me. And he looked at me and he had to be like, why is Mr. Ward crying running hills? (laughs) Working some some shit out at the end of the day. And I just turned to him and I was like, we have 40 minutes of this. Are you in? And then he did one hill and went back to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 
Way to, way, way to traumatize the youth, Ward. <laughs> but I was like, all right, if I can do this for 35 minutes or whatever, like, yeah. I can handle it. And I guess we're talking about our why, and maybe we can, like, start to kind of, like, wrap it here, unless you have more questions. Let me just ask two newbie questions. Yeah. Like, and then maybe too technical, but I assume, because I know you're just, like, a tough guy that you just don't do anything but what do you do for foot maintenance you get bl- a blister that is a problem in the race like you get like your foot is moving around too much with your socks and shoes you get a foot problem you try to like dry off your feet you you like change your socks or whatever but like foot maintenance is there anything at aid stations for your feet and then two so like that's that's I know that's a, a big loaded question with lots of like words, but two, and it's a, it's it's because it's foreign, right? I've never been in a race where this could be a problem. It could be a problem that I'm not going to just like continue to run through because like a half marathon, I'll just kind of like suffer through until the end. But like this distance, yeah, I'll try that. But that's that at some point that might become a big enough problem that like it stops me. So I'd like to know what to do. The other one is, and it, see, we can joke a lot, and it's like what seventy percent of our group text is joking about this. But to have like body glide or like that squirrel's nut butter or whatever, I don't know what chafing is. I haven't, ex- meaning like I know what it is, but like I haven't experienced it. I don't know what to do about it. I know it's like sweaty clothes You've never that are against- <laughs> nah. Nah, man. I mean, like, slight for sure, but never, like, to the point where I'm like, this is a prop. Maybe when I first started working out and I was a bigger dude, then you get the chub rub for sure. <laughs> but, What's like, the chub rub? <laughs> where, where everything meets, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh but, my God. I just want to call this episode the chub rub. <laughs> you know? Uh, but like foot maintenance and chafing right. and eating, uh, the, the the elements of a, of an ultra that like any of us amateur runners don't know what to do about. These are added variables yeah. we've not had to think about before. Drop Shut bags, up. that kind of thing. But foot maintenance and chafing is is my question. Oh my god, I I've never done any sponsorship stuff for the podcast, Brady. Uh, kind of in an in an intentional way. Uh, to some aspect, but if a chafing company reached out to me and they're like, can you advertise our chafing and it'll help people prevent a chub rub? I would do it. I would be like, (laughs) I would be like, welcome to the like a Bigfoot podcast. You ever have chub rub? If you had chub rub and you want to prevent that chub from rubbing, you got to use so-and-so's anti-chafe project product. You rub it everywhere and you, anyways, sorry. Um, (laughs) <laughs> that's why no one's reached out did you hear how terrible that commercial was i mean i mean <clears throat> hell of a pitch right there you know what i mean like <laughs> Hi, well guys. done have you ever been rub rubbing your chub <laughs> this is not going well this is a different commercial now this is a different this is a different podcast with different <laughs> I think sponsors. That part out. Um... <laughs> i feel like you better leave it in because it's <laughs> That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. It came out weird. Yeah, but it's what you said. Uh, okay, <laughs> foot maintenance. Um, I've never had any major blisters. So I've had toenails lost 
from bumping into the front of my foot or my of my shoe but i've never had giant blisters forming during a race uh from what i understand though stopping taking your shoes and socks off and taking a wipe like a baby wipe and just wiping your feet down helps because a lot of what is going to start chafing is or not chafing a lot of yeah so you're showing me blister pads <clears throat> so that would be my suggestion yeah for sure um a lot of what's going to happen is stuff gets in your shoe and that's what's going to cause your blister to form so like dirt gets in um mud kind of gets in even like the tiny grains of sand if they got in your shoe that could cause it to start rubbing back and forth um Honestly, though, like your socks, whatever your socks are, that's the biggest difference. Get quick wicking socks um, yeah, from the makers you, you of Chub Rub. Swift wick or quick wick or something, <laughs> something like that, right? Yeah. So I, I usually use that stuff, like swift wick kind of stuff. I, I bought like one pair and they've been great, but like I, I save them for the long run. Like yeah. That's about it. Dude, I've never had blisters from it, so that would be my suggestion is just like a lot of preemptive stuff. Um, obviously like, dude, if you go on your long run and I was going to send you guys all a text, but like in a few weeks, I'd probably buy like at the end of March, I'd probably buy your whatever shoe you want to run it in. Um, that way oh, really? can break it. Okay. In. I was just, I, I, I was worried about that. Yeah. Cause I put some miles into yeah. these. This is, a more expensive pair of shoe than I typically would have purchased before. Yeah. Like Hoka's that are like a lot of padding. Um, but I wondered, I'm like, come May, I don't know that I want to run in these. Like these are probably going to be get, have gotten enough of a pounding that like, I should probably get a different pair that are a little more fresh. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. I got to the end of the Des Moines half marathon and then, like, I could not – I literally could not walk for, like, two days because I finished that half marathon in shoes that were shot. Yeah. And my feet were messed up. They were rough. Yeah, dude. So I, was, I would say, like, at the end of this month, get some new shoes um, and break them in over April and May. Is it weird if I'm like, hey, I do a race and then that's, like, my shoe's grand finale? Like, I try to time it up where I'm like, this is it for you, shoe. <laughs> you did good. You done good. Well, I only ever know when to trade out my shoes by no by like notably a couple of like runs in a row going, I'm injured. Why? <laughs> and then it too late realizing, oh, my shoes need to be replaced. Yeah. That's usually how I replace a shoe, which is like too late in the game. So I guess point being is you're gonna know after a few weeks if your shoe's gonna give you blisters or not. Um, I will say this though. I got a guy who used toe condoms in a race and I don't know what, what they are, but they're are like they? condoms for your toe. And I did during desert ass last year, I put one over my pinky and it was great. <laughs> I have no idea what they're called. What do like, you mean? It was great. And why, how did, what was great about my toe condom was not able to impregnate other toes. No, um, no, it rub your chub and toe condoms, baby. We got all kinds of sponsors on this one. <laughs> I don't know what they are, so I'll have to like text them, but okay. it was really cool. Like you put it over your, t cause the other thing is your toes rubbing together 
And if you have like a toenail that's like a little jagged yeah. or janky and it's just rubbing into the side of your other toe, like that can cause yep. blisters too. So yeah. those are kind of the biggest things. Um, uh, so yeah, so just make sure you have good shoes, good socks and toe condoms. Okay, good. Those are the three <laughs> things I try to like, you know, <laughs> the anti-chafing stuff though. I've, it's just weird, man. Like that. And I actually, I'm look, thinking back to Brad's question about too hot or too cold or whatever. And I think the downpour question kind of threw me off because doing the Marine Corps 50 K it was in a downpour and I chased so bad because my clothes were soaking wet and they would rub against my body. And dude, it looked like someone had like just beaten me after that race. Like everywhere my shorts were touching was rubbed raw. Um, So do you think just as a precaution before this, just err on the side of more is better uh, when it comes to like, yeah, covering yourself with that shit so <laughs> and i don't know where you need to like uh target but i just i don't like <laughs> but like everywhere probably so my friend uh rachel ridgeway um shout out to rachel ridgeway who's the best by the way sup rachel um she gave me this anti-chafe stuff once and it's called two tom sports shield and it's basically like a wet wipe but for your butt. <laughs> what do you mean butt for your butt? It's a wet wipe for <laughs> No, I'm thinking like it's like a wet wipe for that you use preemptively on any area that might chafe. Yeah. And it basically has lube on it and it lubes up those areas. And so if you think your, your shirt is going to chafe under your armpit, you just use this sports shield stuff and rub all over it. And it just leaves this like weird oil stuff there. So it's not going to rub against it. You're uh, welcome back to practical advice about lube with Chris Ward and Brady Manriquez. We're talking <laughs> to Tom's sports shield. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but dude, but that stuff worked better than anything that I've ever used ever and i've tried you showed me the body glide stuff like i've tried that it's like a weird like deodorant kind of thing yeah yeah but dude i don't know man this stuff was a billion times better and so i actually sent sean after he signed up i think i mailed him uh some sports shield stuff and i was like you are gonna thank me later my friend you holding out on the rest of us ward i need these secret weapons i'm bringing some man sean furlong an unfair advantage that sounds like peds to me sean i want you to know i don't care how much lube you have on your body i'm coming for you buddy i want holyfield (laughs) i don't know what that means (laughs) Um, that stuff works better than anything though, dude. I'll bring a whole bunch, man. I got you guys covered in the chafe department. (laughs) Can I tell you a theory? I have a theory. Travis is coming for me. I think he is, uh, Oh, I, I, I thought this the other day or today, like a well-trained Travis is a scary Travis. Uh, and I think, the dude is he's taking it seriously this time he's prepped up you know like he did he ran 20 miles yesterday and i think it sucked and i think he's probably like how the hell do i do this three times you know 
um, plus. <laughs> but this is well beyond where he was before. I don't know if he's coming for you. He's coming for me, man. That's my yeah. Theory. Are you? That's your theory. I'm coming for you. Every time I see your long runs, I'm like, I want to be the guy that's a, like in the 50k group that's as close to Ward's uh, long run as possible. So when I see you put together a 20. And I was like, I got. I'm trying to get 12 to 15. I'm like, for sure, 15, not the 12 side of that, because Ward's put a 20 mark out there. Yeah, like that absolutely was a part of the motivation. So an extra three got thrown in there. Well, and for I sure. gotta say, man, like seeing your guys' miles definitely motivating me, like pushing me to get up and get it done. You know, at one point, uh, Sean sent a text that he was like, um, I haven't run indoors yet. Because he had, like, I don't know what his situation was with, like, the CrossFit gym that he was at or something. But, like, he ah, – I can't remember exactly what the circumstances was. But he hadn't run indoors at all. And he lives in the same city as me. And I was like, oh, I'm a punk. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm indoors every day with this stuff. Um, Thad, too, I like – he gave me his crazy schedule. And he's running, like – he has a golf course that's near him. And he's starting to make that a part of the daily routine is to go run a golf course for the extra, like, hill work, you know? That's cool. Yeah, man. Well, and I showed you on Ultra Sign Up, it has Matt beating you by, like, two minutes, and I was just like, ooh. Oh, does it? Oh, you're right. It did say something like that. Because it predicts your time. Yeah. And I, I texted it to you guys as, like, uh, motivation. I am uh, – I, I don't know. I have another actual Matt. I, I told – Again, talking to Travis, so half of my conversation with Travis has just been like replicated today. <laughs> but uh, I don't actually know the cutoff time for the 50K. So I don't actually know what my minimum requirement pace should be. We looked it up and if once. I'm like, if I'm, if I'm going faster than that pace, then like how much time am I actually buying myself in an aid station to hit the minimum requirement? Like, I don't really, those seem like important numbers to know. But I don't – I'm not aware of where they are. I feel like I looked them up at one point and I thought that it was – at one point I think I did like the rough estimate of an 8-hour, 30-minute 30, 30 um, cutoff equated to a 3.5 on the treadmill. Yeah. Which I don't know if that means anything to anyone. And I was like that's like a decent clip of a walk. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can just walk the whole damn Dude, thing. Dude, that's my other suggestion. When you walk, because you will need to at some point, walk fast. Like, walk as fast as you can in the moments you're walking. Don't yep. stop and be like, this is my walk, and, like, slowly, like, slump along. Like, book no. it with the walk. But, yeah, dude, what other questions do you have real quick? Because I hear Hercules, the Disney classic, is getting over outside, and my wife's out it, there with all three. Oh. It's harder one, than any ultra, by the way. Oh, once once Hercules the music ends, then the chaos begins. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with all three, of, all three of them with their free wills running around, going, "What mayhem can we create?" <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how this works. Yeah. No, I, I, um, you know, I'm, I like to be thoughtful about what I have, just like a personal. A couple of things like I bought some gear at REI and I'm like, oh, I don't know how to make this this gear work. I bought a Camelback and I just slip it into a backpack right now and the tube comes out and it's been 
awesome to run with that. It's actually a huge game changer because I have so much more water I'm carrying with me on my run. So I ru- I've been able to run those longer distances without just having a single handheld thing. But it's a camelback that has little clips on the side. So like other straps could be attached to it at some point, but I, it doesn't actually like work by itself. It has to slip into some kind of a bag. Yeah. And I just keep thinking about the heat of this race and I'm probably not going to want to slip this camelback into an Osprey backpack. If there's some heat going on, I want to have like minimalist as little as possible that I'm like, I have on me. And I don't know how to make this camelback work with just, it's got the clips where like straps could start to come out of it, but I don't know. I think maybe I made a mistake in purchasing that instead of another camelback that's already in its own backpack minimal. I don't know. That's a gear-related thing, uh, but it's a concern. And then part of me was like, also, how do I clean a camelback so I don't get mold? <laughs> you know? I'll tell you what. You don't put coconut water and Gatorade in it. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I'm safe on that one. I don't know, man. My suggestion just is like – use all your equipment during all your long runs and then you'll figure it out from there. And if you don't, if it's not working, dude, buy a different one and like return it. Yeah. You know, can I tell you two, one or two, I am, I'll try to end it on like a more of a fun note, but like one of them, my, the most fun things that for me to respond to, like I texted in the group text, Travis has these like epic, um, cheat meal days. Yeah. He was like, need some inspiration. And never was I more, did I feel more like Picasso of like painting what I thought would be the greatest, if like no expenses, I don't care about expenses. I'm just going to like get exactly what I want for a cheat meal. And like half of this, I'm a dude with an appetite my whole life. (laughs) So, and part of the like, uh, daily exercises, managing that appetite. So it doesn't get, I don't turn into the Hulk. You know what I mean? Like wake up in a field with just like my pants on and be like, I just ate myself into a crazy coma again. But like, you think the the, Hulk ever got chub rub? Dude. No, he's, he's the Hulk. No, he's too strong. If you're too strong, strong. yeah, it would piss him off. You know what I mean? He'd get more strong. He's like fucking chub rub. (laughs) (laughs) And he just get, you know, turn into the Hulk some more. Yeah. Um, but I just, I'm curious, I would imagine you probably turn into like the cookie monster after a run and you just want to eat all the cookies, but like, what is a, any highlights from, um, satiating the crazy appetite that came from a long run so far in training? Well, when I get notable meals, when I get home from long runs, like my, that's like the only time a week besides doing the podcast like right now um when i feel like the run kind of interfered with family time and i'll still like dude yesterday i was out the i was starting to run at 4:45 in the morning on saturday and so i got back and it was like 8:45 so the kids were up for like an hour so i do feel like the hour that's an hour that lindsay is um definitely in charge and like you know it's it's hard with three kids and they're all under the age of six right now and that's it's difficult you know it takes a lot of energy to um maintain three kids now i will say just out of the whole entire week only an hour that i'm out of the house because of running 
I just accept it as like, hey, this is my hour I'm taking to myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then today on Sunday, like I went for a run in the middle of the day and I was like, you know what? Like I need this hour just for my sanity, you know? Um, but they'll bake when, when I'm gone. Like that's the thing they'll do. They'll wake up and like bake stuff. So she always makes banana bread and I Lindsay, eat. Lindsay, great waking baker. <laughs> yeah. I, I will eat, <laughs> I will Sorry. eat that whole entire loaf over the day along with i i after a long run dude i'm just like permission to eat whatever game on bring Mm -hmm. it like i'm eating whatever is in this house and i'm okay with that because that's the other kind of lesson i've learned is like dude the only way for growth is for you to um you push yourself you push yourself really hard athletically but for you to build those muscles back up, you actually have to eat food, you know? Yeah. Like the long run is not the day to worry about your weight or worry about cutting weight or anything mm-hmm. like that. The long run is the day to go out, build those muscles, and then you got to refuel them and you got to eat enough so those muscles can actually like maintain and recover. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And I've done the, it in the past where like I'll go for a long run, I'll eat a little bit, but then I'll be like, oh, I should still eat healthy and ultimately i just end up making myself weaker because i break these muscles down and i'm not giving enough, them enough fuel to like build back up yeah i i do play the game a little bit where i do like yesterday i did a long run and i don't have an appetite for whatever reason it's like it's not there right away yeah um and so i do kind of like to just sit and like wait for a while just to have like the metabolism the fat burning continue without anything to, for it to work on just for, you know, to, to you know, height, heighten that up a little bit. But then eventually yeah. when it hits, I like to have, I'm like, all right, I've got something in front of me. That's really going to be like super delicious. But dude, in my mind, I'm like, you earned that. You know what I mean? And I'm oh, yeah. sure like maybe in your mind, you're like, it would be nice to get down a little bit before this race. Like, I don't know. I'm not gonna put words in your mouth or anything. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I have not checked in on the scale. I love at all. that. I have no idea. I don't. I also don't see a difference in the mirror at all. But like, I know I feel super in shape. Yeah. Like, not super. That way, way overstating. I feel in shape <laughs> and like ready for endurance yeah. athletics. Yeah. Well, so dude, to wrap up then, um, I know my why. And I didn't even, I don't think I told you guys. Oh, we got our notes here. Wait, there is the one thing I want to talk about. Do you see oh, it? bonking? We not, we did I not. I don't want, look, I know I heard, I heard you got the, the yeah. ticking clock. Uh, you want to know why though? Is because I don't think I've ever truly had like a true bonking moment. Your face when I brought it up, I'm like, it seems like you're reacting in a way like, I'm not going to be able to lend too much to this conversation. Yeah, dude, and part of it is because, you know, compared to some of the people I've talked to on this podcast, I'm like. Well, you've talked to some animals <laughs> that like one of them like went blind and still won a race, you know, like, <laughs> like uh, but no, like to, to know it, to what degree, what was your biggest like, so, closest to a bonk that in, you could yeah. recall in that holiday Lake 50 K it's in February. It's super cold. My stomach turned again cause I'm an idiot again and tried the stupid like I was like, Hey, I'll have some coconut water and stuff. Um, by the last 10 miles or so, like I couldn't eat any food. 
And so that's the biggest thing is like once How, you aren't able yeah. to eat, it freaking hits you, man. So I couldn't eat food and I was able, like I said, to have a little bit of ginger ale. And in retrospect, I should have just chugged a whole bunch of ginger ale at the aid station. Mm. But I'm going along and I felt bad, but I don't know if it was a bonk. Like I felt I was still able to keep up at it at a pretty good clip. Um and then the only other part in when we did Monument Valley and I saw you and Lindsay at mile 31 mm-hmm. and then I left the aid station there and I went on into the desert and no one else was around for about an hour. I started feeling pretty wiped by that point. And this girl and a couple of guys that were running along with her, like a group basically ended up passing me. And every like five steps, this girl would make like this noise like that. And I was just like, oh, my God, stop making that noise. Like I was almost ready to just throw up like my stomach was was bad. It was a raw nerves thing where just something, some kind of like outside stimulus was just not with you. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, dude, just like whatever your bonk may be, whether it's epic or whether it's just like low on energy kind of thing like just keep going forward just never stop that forward momentum because that's the only way you're getting to the finish line you know what i mean it doesn't matter like how quickly you're going as long as you just don't stop you're gonna get there and to draw it back to like our fiction talk earlier when luke skywalker found out that darth vader was his dad Luke wasn't just like, all right, I'm done. Like, I'm going back <laughs> to Tatooine and uh, live out my days. You know what I mean? Like, that was the lowest moment ever for Luke Skywalker. But that was part of the journey. And that was what ultimately drove him to the end, you know, to be the hero that we all enjoy and love. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you get to the point of the movie, there's the dark night of the soul point of every movie and you don't see the hero just go all right i guess i guess i'm done you know and it's something to keep in mind dude like you're gonna go through the dark night of the soul and even if it slows you down it's not going to stop you you're gonna keep going brady because you're freaking luke skywalker in my (laughs) eyes and you're gonna push through you know and you're gonna get there word that's my We're all good. There it is. <laughs> uh, did you want to talk any any about why? Okay, so real quick, just my why going into it as of right now, because I feel like this is going to change. Is I wrote this down. I said it's giving myself a significant amount of time to reconnect to the present moment. For me, um, I'm a super busy person, and I spend a lot of my time dwelling on the next thing or checking off the to-do list or figuring out what tomorrow's plan is. And then as a parent, like I dwell a lot on past mistakes or I start stressing out about the future. Like, dude, I've replayed my daughter going to middle school like 5,000 times at this point. And I'm like, what's the point of playing that out in my mind beyond stressing me out? Because that's not going to happen for like another six or seven years you know yeah so it's like why am i stressing out about it now um and so i want to use this and i've been using training this way including running up and down that hill 
uh, as a way to just clear my mind and find a greater appreciation for the world around me, you know, because every moment we're in is miraculous if you look at it that way. You know what I mean? Like you're sitting in your apartment right now and I'm sure it's a boring moment in the grand scheme of your life and your journey. But there are things to be super appreciative of and super grateful for, like as you're sitting there and when your head's when your headspace is stuck in thinking about past regrets or thinking of worrying about all these things in the future, like you're going to miss these moments as they go by. And I think being a dad has made me realize that more than anything, because it, it is the whole thing. You blink and your kid is six years old now. And you're like, what just happened? Like, I just remember you were just a tiny little buddy. And now you're <laughs> six. What? <laughs> you know? And, and also like in those moments where you are not present, you aren't being your 100% best self. And if I'm distracted by my own thoughts when I'm supposed to be a dad or a husband or a friend to Brady Manriquez, <laughs> then I'm not giving them my best in that moment. And just like an ultra, like those tiny mistakes of not giving, not being your best self, that stuff's going to add up. You know, and ultimately, if you want to have a happy, stress-free life, like enjoy the moment that you're in, because like 99% of the moments that we're in are totally stress-free. If you think about it, like mm. most of your day is spent in really peaceful settings in comfort and it doesn't have like you don't have to be worried about things because at that exact moment, it's it's not there's nothing to worry about. Um, and so I think running down, I wrote this down, running down a country road in silence, experiencing the beauty of Iowa is just kind of like a step along the way of my greater goal of just like being, trying my best and really just striving for, cause knowing that I'll never fully get there, but striving for being more in the present moment is important to me. And that's it. It's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great why. It's a, a multifaceted. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. But that, yeah, it's a great why. It's a so when you hit the doldrums of your first hundred k, and you need to <laughs> think about your why. Why am I out here doing this? That's, That's right. great. Yeah, because then even yesterday during my long run, it's like think about this one footstep. Ooh, like it kind of hurts, but my legs do feel pretty strong still. You know, like that kind of yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. in my mind so but yeah man brady thank you for coming on the show dude great to be back this was a uh, long conversation my friend yeah I, I have no idea where are we at time wise we're at we an hour 38 oh my gosh <laughs> how'd that happen we are one hercules disney movie done and my <laughs> wife's trying to give them all showers now speaking of being present and i understand the irony <laughs> trust me i do <laughs> no i do pleasure to be uh back on i don't know i've lost count at this point at, at one point i understood like oh yeah this is my third uh yeah, appearance yeah. at this point i don't have a count um uh, dude the listeners of this podcast uh thanks for hanging in i honestly <laughs> man like if it helped someone out there prepare for some sort of event that's awesome. Like, I'm so excited. But ultimately, like, I'm just excited I'm helping you prepare for this very specific thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
can we? Uh, can I, uh, I know you're trying to rap. I'm thinking of, of the guy, that, a guy that you used to live near in Danville, Virginia, that ran his first 50k after starting to listen to your Jason podcast. Jason Suddeth, yeah. Jason Suddeth he did his first 50 miler this year. Like what an animal! He's like an animal. I think I think about him as a listener from um, this talk today. Of like, I think about him maybe being a listener, but. It, Anyone else on your uh, highlight reel of people that have run a 50K uh, strictly by your peer pressure? Oh, man. No one that I, like, truly know of where I ultimately had, like, a major role in them signing up. I feel like you've gotten a lot of people to sign up for 50Ks. I, might, I Like, maybe. I hope. That's, all. like, my goal. But I don't know anyone that I could just like rip out their names. And I, I don't know, you know me, dude. I don't want to like, I want to downplay what I've done. Like even with Jason, <laughs> I, I might've planted the seed, but like ultimately he wanted to test his limits and yeah. he did it for sure. And it's funny because talking to him, he's always like, I'm always listening to the episodes with Brady because I just feel like we're kind of like a kindred spirit kind of thing. Oh yeah, I can hear it. I can hear the like, hey, we started uh, in a similar spot. We're 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 doing we're doing the damn thing. Oh, one day it would be great if we could all do a race together, and you could that would be super cool. And I, I want to say this too. My cousin Susan's jumping into the fifty k as well, and she's gonna kick all your guys' asses. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> she's like a natural born gazelle. She's gonna be running backwards, having conversations with us. <laughs> but, but I'm excited, and uh, you know, to add to my why real quick, um, I was thinking, I'm like, all right, my cousin Susan's doing it, my cousin Matt is doing it. My grandma passed away probably like three or four years ago, and she was definitely the linchpin for our whole side of the family. And I just got to imagine that she she would be proud by this development of a. Uh, yeah. I think she would also be like, what are you doing? She would be like, yeah. what? <laughs> she she wouldn't be able to wrap her head around what we're doing. But yeah. I think ultimately she'd be proud that, you know, three of her grandchildren are going out and, and chasing adventure together. So, yeah, she should be proud. You guys, you got a cool, very cool family, tight knit group of, uh, of athletes <laughs> that like to test themselves and are just, uh, humble, good people. Every every one of your family members I've met so far have just been like salt of the earth, great people. Well, and and you know we're just gonna make this go even longer. So buckle up, folks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you t- you said that this girl from our hometown signed up for a half marathon. And yeah. You Elena. asked, yeah, Elena Lang, and you asked why, and she was like, "Well, I heard you guys all talking about this race you're doing in May, and I thought I could do." And tell me if I'm wrong, but I think didn't she say marathon eventually? I yeah, I think I think that's like oh the ultimate goal, but to yeah. do like couch to half marathon training. And I think she she when we were talking recently, yeah, she was being pretty darn consistent. Yeah, and, and that efforts. makes me that makes all of this like this is the point of this podcast and the point of all of this work that I've put in doing the show, which hasn't really felt like work because it's been tons of fun. But the fact that like you and all the guys signed up for this race, having never done an ultra, the fact that she heard you guys do talk about the race. And then she signed up for a half marathon. Like this is the kind of 
vibe I want to put out in the world. And I always talk like the goal is to spread goodness. And this is one of the most clear cut cases of this. (laughs) And I'm so happy like that. If I think too much about it, I will be like myself on that hill after school crying. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. We got to wrap it. Yeah, dude. Great, great talk. Uh, Thanks for having me on, man. All right. See you, dude. We'll get you back on soon. All right. Later, guys. Bye. Whoa. Well, well, well. That was a long podcast. And if you're still listening, props to you. Uh, If you turned it off a half an hour ago, then you're not hearing this. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you're cool, too, I guess. Uh Uh, thanks for to Brady for doing this, man. I gotta say, this group that's coming out and doing this race, I am I am so inspired by you guys. Um, when I was trying to think, you know, when like earlier this winter, I'm like, what do I want to do next? What do I want to train for in the summer? As soon as everyone said yes and that all came together, I was like, oh my god, this is it. This is exactly it. And I, I just, I'm so excited for this race. I'm so excited for May 23rd. It's going to be the best. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to hear their stories, hear their adventures, hear how maybe their paradigms have shifted afterwards or hear them just cuss me out because I made them sign up for this stupid, stupid, incredibly long race. Uh, <laughs> but I got to say like, you know, I know we've talked a lot about this group text that we've been on and, you know, there's everything, there's everything in it. It goes from us making fun of each other, like dudes do, um, to supporting each other and celebrating each other's victories, not only in training, but in life. And, you know, we got good news from one of the guys this week about, um, something in his job and, you know, it's just, the support is really cool and to build, uh, kind of community or like reinforce the community because we're all friends and you know a lot of us grew up together but also to just go through this together and go through the training together I think is going to make race day that much more special um, and I hope my Star Wars analogy made sense I guess my whole point is just to not give up when it gets hard no hero ever gave up when it was hard Um Obviously, you know, if you're injured or something like that or getting sick or whatever, like that's the time to end a race. But just giving up because it got hard should be something that you just completely put out of your mind. It should be uh, unacceptable, Um, you know, and if Luke, because could you imagine Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader's like, I'm your father. And then he's just like, oh, what a bummer. Darth Vader's my father. That sucks for to be me. I'm just going to move back to the desert and like just hang out, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> that would be ridiculous. There'd be no movie. So uh, if you're imagining yourself as the hero of your movie, you're going to persevere. You're going to be resilient. You're going to show some grit and you're going to kick that moment's butt. The moment of self-doubt when it comes in, you're just going to be like, oh get away from me. I am a hero here. I need this self-doubt because also the hero in the movie never just 
doesn't have any confrontation at all, you know, or doesn't have any obstacles. It's not like we watched the whole movie of Luke Skywalker hanging out with his uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru on Tatooine, right? Just farming moisture, which apparently is a thing in Star Wars. Like, we didn't watch that movie. We watched him go out and be a hero. We watched the hero's journey. We watched him have obstacles, and we watched him learn how to overcome those obstacles. And that is what I'm so excited for, for these guys, for myself, for Travis, for my cousin Susan, for the race director Brad, <laughs> like for everybody involved, not only in this race, but anybody who's just taking something on that they're they're mildly scared of is it's it's incredible and that's what i love i love these stories obviously that's why i do the podcast every week um but that's what i'm hooked on i'm hooked on that inspiration where i'm like wow like i i understand what this person went through right now and i get to draw my own motivation off of that and i think that's so cool and i hope that's what i'm doing with this podcast and i hope that's what you guys are taking away um like i said the podcast is solely for for inspiration and to spread goodness. And that's what we're here for. And uh, I hope we've been doing that for you guys and um, hope we can just keep doing it for years and years and years because it's tons of fun. Um, but that wraps it for the week. Uh, we'll be back. We'll be back uh, next week for like a regular scheduled episode and uh, it should be cool. Hope you guys enjoy. Have a good week.